everyone, may peace be on you all and welcome to the very last Ramadan episode of I'm a Muslim and that's okay. <laughs> I got you guys for a little while, didn't I? No, 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 I'm not going anywhere. Um, it's just that it's the end of Ramadan and this will be, you know, for this year, the last episode in Ramadan. And gosh, it's been an interesting Ramadan. Um, I had moved uh, since my last year's um, whole Ramadan series and I'm in a new neighborhood and uh, um, I'm now uh, in a neighborhood that is predominantly, you know, has Muslim families and it it became very interesting, an interesting experience for me and the kids. For the first time in a long time, we were surrounded by other Muslim families and, you know, for me, when I was growing up, this was the normal, the usual because I was in Pakistan and, you know, uh, majority of the people around you are Muslims. But in the U.S., um, and I don't think a lot of non-Muslim people realize this, get, that it can be very isolating, um, especially around these times of year when there is a minority community that um, celebrates a certain festivity, but other people around them don't. And it, especially if you're in a neighborhood which has people of other cultures, other you know, ethnicities, backgrounds, um, you cannot connect with them in a certain way. And, you know, I don't uh, necessarily say that, you know, it's bad that you're uh, in a neighborhood that is majority non-Muslim. That's not the case. It's just that in these times of the year, you do wish you had some somebody around you that you could share these things with. And again, I'm not saying that uh, Muslim people don't. Because I know a lot of Muslim people who, even though that they're in uh, areas where they're surrounded by majority non-Muslims, during Ramadan, they will make it a point to share the festivities with their non-Muslim neighbors. And I think that's fantastic. But it does take to a certain level when you are surrounded by Muslims. And I'll give you a couple of examples. So this year, um, when we started Ramadan... Um, and instantly, on the first day of Ramadan, we got legit tons of boxes that said, Happy Ramadan, and they were filled with all sorts of sweets and goodies, and we were absolutely unprepared for it. We had never had experienced this in the U.S., but our Muslim neighbors had been doing it regularly, and we were like, oh my god, we've got like 10, 20 boxes of chocolates at the beginning of Ramadan, and now we're like, oh no, we didn't prepare for this, we have nothing to send back, <laughs> And but the thing is, it felt so good. It felt good that, you know, there were other people there celebrating the same way, and the other thing that uh, had been a staple for me when I was growing up in Pakistan is that at the time of iftar when we open our fast just before that it's a tradition in Pakistan that you whatever you've made at home you share with your neighbor or you know with how many neighbors you have in your neighborhood and we used to do that we used to send like trays of food and other goodies you know to your neighbor and then they would send trays back of food and everything and basically your iftar consisted of like 20 percent your own food and 80 percent of somebody else's food that they'd send over and but that's the thing that had never happened for us um ever since we had moved to the u.s it had never happened that we'd receive iftar from anywhere. And, you know, uh, it sort of becomes expected. But this year, oh my gosh, food from 
everywhere. It was amazing. I, I'm not going to lie. We got some really talented neighbors here. Um, some of them, you know, they're, they're even in the catering business. And I was like, woo-wee, this is lucky. <laughs> but um, it was overall, it's such a wonderful feeling that you have neighbors who practice these traditions that we had been used to, but I, our kids had never been exposed to. And they get so excited when then we, you know, started making a sorry to send over to our neighbors and they'd get excited, you know, accompany their dad to deliver it to the neighbors. It's, it's really nice. So, you know, that was one of the things that happened. And the other thing, you know, you sort of miss these things because it doesn't happen is something that we call iftar parties. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, um, even amongst Muslim circles, um, they're like, uh, you know, you should not be having a party when technically it's a time, especially it's a month that is devoted to prayer. But, you know, um, it sort of does happen, especially when um, you have Muslim neighbors and everything. But uh, it's it's always good. You know, you get an invitation that, you know, come over to our place and open your fast. And um, it's something that, again, my children had never experienced before. And they had lots of fun with it. You know, you're going over to your friends' places and all the kids are gathered there. And uh, they're just creating chaos. That's basically what they're doing. And eating, like, loads of good food. It's, it's all good. And my younger one then decided that, you know... He wanted something exclusively for kids. He's like, I want a kid's iftar party. And I was like, okay, I mean, we can make this work, you know, um, even though the kids aren't fasting, majority of the kids are not fasting, but he wanted that experience. He wanted all the kids over, no adults, except for like us who are at home and all the kids, you know, sit down and open their, their fast. I mean, it's not, they're not fasting, but you know, he wanted the iftar experience just for the, with the kids. And I thought it was the cutest idea. And I was like, yeah, let's do it, you know. And I invited all the neighborhood kids over. And I think the eldest amongst them was only 12. So just imagine that I had a house full and all of them were under 12. Now, in theory, this seems like a good idea. But <laughs> let me tell you, I mean, when you look at the context, the, the larger context of it, at on that day... I was fasting, husband was fasting, even my kids were fasting, okay? By the end of the day, um, it becomes really difficult to really operate on no food, no water. And then you have a house full of kids and they're all like these little people running around and they've got so much energy and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can handle it. But, you know, the good thing when you're hosting a party for kids that you could serve them pizza and chicken nuggets, they'd be very happy with this, like throwing aside a candy and it's all good. And that's what I did. That's literally what I did. And um, they went to town. But, oh, my God, it's just so much chaos. Can you imagine like all of these little people? They're like, oh, auntie, I need this. Auntie, can I can I have some more? Auntie, can I have more candy? <laughs> let's multiply that by 12 and you're like oh my god and by the end of the day oh gosh i mean it was great for the kids and i i think the overall experience was was fantastic it's just 
I do not recommend anybody doing this when they're fasting, you know. If that thought comes to you when you're fasting, please just, this is a public service announcement. It's never a good idea just because of the sheer exhaustion you feel by the end of it all. But man, you know, I would not exchange it for anything because I think this year the kids really got the full experience that we used to have growing up. And I think... You know, uh, that's the that's the whole thing. Um, people who are not minorities, they don't realize um, how much these experiences mean to us. It's something, especially uh, those that are grown-ups that are used to, and they want their children to go through as well. But those opportunities are so hard to come by because even having a neighborhood where all your surrounding neighbors are of the same religious background as you is such a rarity in the US um, that it's something if you if I asked any Muslim outside of Dallas or Houston or uh, Chicago New York these are places where there have a, a sizable Muslim population but anywhere outside of that a lot of these Muslim parents struggle with how do we preserve our um, religious you know practices teachings and even cultural practices it is such a difficult struggle and they want really good experiences from their own cultural uh, religious backgrounds for their kids as well but it becomes very hard so um, but I we got lucky this year we got lucky because we moved into a neighborhood where we had neighbors that were Muslims as well. But for everybody who's listening, who knows somebody who's maybe Muslim, maybe of some other uh, religious or ethnic background, just know that this is part of our struggle, our everyday, day-to-day struggle, because we do want the very best for our kids as well, something that aligns with our beliefs and practices and it is often very difficult for us to find but I do hope that you know as time goes by this is something that uh, not just uh, we can experience amongst um, Muslim communities or any uh, minority communities that we can share um, on a bigger scale with uh, those who are not of the same background religious or cultural than we are so I really do hope that we can do that, you know, come together as a larger community um, and share these experiences so we get to know more about one another. Oh, but um, I'm sure, you know, oh gosh, it's, it, and today is the the day before Eid, so we're prepping for Eid, new clothes and, you know, have make sure the kids' clothes fit, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, getting things ready. Um, I don't do food, but there's lots of families, lots of Muslim families that really, you know, go out of the way to make extra special foods for Eid. I'm not much of a cook, so that doesn't happen. <laughs> but uh, because we're in a Muslim neighborhood, we're doing what is called a sort of a drive-by Eidi. For those who haven't heard my previous episodes, Eidi is sort of like gifts or money or treats that the kids get on Eid. And when we were younger, we used to collect it from our grown-ups. And 
Um, this year, because we're surrounded by Muslim families, we're sort of like doing this drive-by thing. We like uh, have these tables with either goodie boxes or candy or any number of treats that the kids can just, you know, walk by or even drive by and pick up. And, you know, they get something for that day. Like they're collecting their loot from every single house, single house in the neighborhood. So I think that'll be great for the kids and for anybody who's listening, who's listening and who's in Dallas and who wants to, you know, who's uh, not Muslim and they want to experience these things, please go over to your local masjid and they will certainly be having something that's happening uh, for Eid, either it's food or it's other festivities. Henna is always a popular thing, so you'll always be able to find henna. So if you go today or you go tomorrow, there's always something happening at a local mosque or if nothing else. You know, you just go there just to see us all decked up in our finest. So, um, and uh, I probably will uh, not be ending this season with this episode. It will be uh, the episode that comes out in the next two weeks is the one that will be the final episode for this season. And then I'm going to take a summer break, as I always do, because children at home and uh, gosh, so much, so much chaos. Um, but I will be coming back after the summer with a new series of episodes, more interviews, and more segments. And if there is a segment that you would like for me to cover something about being Muslim or just in general, my interactions with the world, just let me know. Drop me a line. Uh, I'll put in my email address in the show notes. And you can also send me a message on my Facebook page. Just search out I'm a Muslim and that's okay. I'm the only one there. You'll find me. And send me a message. I love getting mail. So until next time, you guys take care of yourself. May peace be on you all and happy Eats to everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to I'm a Muslim and That's Okay. And if you wish to follow my social media for more updates, you can follow me on Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube. All the links to those are in the show notes. And if you are on Apple or on Spotify or on Podchaser, please do give my podcast a five-star rating. It really does help get me, you know, in the public eye. And if you wish to donate to support the podcast, you can do so through the PayPal link in my show notes as well. Take care.